It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who's to blame for the Carolina Panthers' lackluster roster and failed free agent signings? Is it Frank Reich or is it Scott Fitterer? We'll talk about it here on this weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, like today, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Then once the regular season ends, we're back in off-season mode. I'll be back with the weekly Friday mailbag. But continue to at me or DM me over on Twitter to get your questions in for the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, how are we feeling here on a Wednesday? Tonight is the biggest bar night in America. So, everyone, uh, be safe. Enjoy all the friends that you are going to meet up with tonight. And also, hey, Fellas, shoot your shot. Is that cute girl you saw at the bar that you like in high school who's looking pretty good after the first semester of college? Go say what's up. Ladies, also do the same. Shoot your shot on this Thanksgiving as we get ready to spend some time uh, with our friends and family this holiday season. So appreciate everyone listening to the show as you travel or as you just lounge in your house back home or wherever you are. Uh, Let's get into it, though. The weekly Wednesday mailbag here on the show. Some good questions that really made me think here uh, this week on this episode. Let's start off with Jake, who has a question about Frank Reich and whether he really should be blamed for some of the issues here in Carolina, in particular the roster. He says a lot of people come to defense of Bryce Young saying he is a rookie, has no O-line, receivers can't get open, depending on his involvement in recruiting free agents. Can the same be said for Frank Reich, that he has just been given a hard-to-get results roster due to lack of talent? What if Fitter was finally able to make his own roster selections and this is all on him? Well, Jake, good for you. I keep Receipts. So let's go back to when DJ Chark was signed as a Carolina Panther. Uh, Frank Reich had this to say about DJ Chark saying, make no mistake about it. 
I really wanted DJ. A lot of us did. I've had my eye on him for a couple years now. I think DJ is a down-to-field threat. I think he's a very competitive, hardworking player. From all the intel that we've gathered, and, and if you look at his career, even though there's been some injuries along the way, he's consistently producing over 14 yards per catch, and that's not a mistake. You might do that for one year, but do you do it year in and year out? You need that in your offense right. You need those chunk plays, and he's been a proven chunk play guy in his career. Well, as we've seen so far this season, that has not been the case. So Frank Reich wanted DJ Shark, but a lot of us wanted DJ Shark, and that's a common theme that... It's not just one individual that wants a player. It's multiple people signing off on that and the collaboration that the Carolina Panthers have prided themselves on. Now, there's also another player that we can look at that was a key for agent signing, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That's Miles Sanders. Let's go back to June, right around mandatory minicamp. Frank Reich had to say this about Miles Sanders. Miles has looked good. I mean, he's a three-down back. He can do a little bit of everything. He's explosive. He's fast. He's really got good vision and patience. Really smart on third down when he has the uh, has the block. He's a willing blocker. Great teammate. Really, that signing was a really big signing for us. I knew we knew it, but now we really no, it's so that's not necessarily saying that he wanted Miles Sanders. But when you look at Miles Sanders signing the biggest running back contract of the 2023 free agency and seeing that Deuce Daly is the assistant head coach and running backs coach here in Carolina, it's hard not to put that on Reich, on Staley, and this coaching staff wanting the running back. But you also got to blame Scott Fitterer for doling out that contract when a lot of teams really the majority of the teams in the league were just kind of not feeling paying a running back as much as the Carolina Panthers are playing, paying them. Now, two other big ones were Hayden Hurst, who fits what they wanted to do. At least we thought he fit what the Carolina Panthers wanted to do. That has not really been the case. Missed last week of a concussion. Maybe we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, and then Adam Thielen, who has been a resounding success. So looking at at least the chart quote, very clear. Frank Reich wanted DJ Chark. We even talked about this in the past about Jonathan Mingo. There was a player who really wowed the coaching staff, in particular Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach here in Carolina during the top 30 visits, and we found out that player was Jonathan Mingo, who has done not very much, but he's a rookie, but still you would like to get some better returns from a second-round pick who this staff really liked and thrusted into the starting lineup as we started the preseason and kept them there heading into week one. And we've yet to see that. So this is where I go back to saying, yeah, Scott Fitterer clearly has not done a good enough job. You look at the draft classes, whether it was him or rule does not matter. What he's been a part of so far in Carolina has not been a winning product. And he is instrumental in putting together the roster here in Carolina. It's literally his job. So while not every single move might have been one that he necessarily was at the forefront, he still has his name attached to those moves. So while Frank Reich and the coaching staff absolutely should be blamed, Frank uh, Scott Fitter, he can't hide from this. He's a GM. These are players that he listened to, them went out and got, and he decided this is the kind of money I want to give these guys. And he's also maybe someone who didn't push back and say, you know what, I don't know if that's the right thing for the organization. So it's not just on Scott Fitterer. It's also on Frank Reich. It's on everyone involved. And that's why I maintain that it's only a matter of time for all until all of them are out of the building there on 800 South Mint Street in Uptown Charlotte. Um, and here's another question from another Jake. We've got two Jakes to start off the show. 
Uh, and I knew this one was going to happen, the second one. But he asked, should the Panthers have hired Sean Payton? Broncos seem to be turning things around. Well, we discussed it a lot. The Saints were not going to trade Sean Payton for cheap uh, to a division rival in the Carolina Panthers. And you saw what the Panthers did to go get a quarterback. So it didn't really feel like that was ever going to be um, – a realistic option for Carolina, even back this time last year when discussing it, I never felt like it would happen. And things didn't turn out very good at the beginning for Bron- for the Broncos. Now things have turned around for them. So good for Denver, but I don't really think there's some buyers or more said, oh, wow, you didn't get Sean Payton. Now your second question, without fail, every time a good player gets cut, someone asked me, hey, should the Panthers be in on that deal? As Scott Fitter told us, he would be in on every deal, and we've seen where that's gotten him in the organization thus far. Uh, Shaq Leonard, a surprise cut. He was waived by the Colts on Tuesday, his day off. He was passing out turkeys to families up in Indianapolis uh, on Tuesday evening. And he was saying, yeah, I had a meeting with the Colts. They told me I'd be active. And then today, I'm a day off. Um, well, I got cut. Definitely did not see that coming. And a lot of people across the league did not see it coming. Apparently, he's been very vocal about his lack of playing time. There's another linebacker for the Colts. He did not play against Panthers. Forget his name. He was leading the, uh, I think it was Darius, is it Darius Rush, I think that's his name. He's leading the NFL in tackles, at least he was back when the Panthers were playing against Colts, and he was inactive that day. So he's kind of taken over that role. But Shaq Leonard's still multi-time All-Pro player, really good football player, young enough. Uh, but here's the Thing about that. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network said that he is making $15.7 million guaranteed base salary this year. And it would be about $6.1 million for the rest of the season for whatever team goes out there and gets them. And there's another $6.5 million guaranteed for injury in 2024. So Tom Pelissero believes it's hard to imagine that he gets claimed. Field Yates also saying that if a team were to claim uh, Shaq Leonard off of waivers, it would owe him $6.11 million this year. And he's under contract through 2026. This is what's due to him. In 2024, $16.1 million. In 2025, $19 million. And in 2026, $19.6 million. Now, the Carolina Panthers have the top priority when it comes to the waiver wire. And this is the kind of dumb thing the Carolina Panthers would do is sign up for that deal when they need to figure out what they're going to do with Derrick Brown, with Brian Burns, and how they're going to find any sort of help for Bryce Young in the offseason. So, no, they should not be interested in doing that. Now, for Shaq Leonard... He should absolutely probably want to choose where he goes and not be picked up by the Panthers, of course. I don't think that any team's going to want to sign on for that contract. They're going to want to maybe bring him in and find a more team-friendly deal or bring him in if they're a contender for some linebacker help. And the Panthers could certainly help use that. But right now, they're 1-9. and nine. They do not need to be signing on for that kind of a deal when there's other players here in Carolina. They need to figure out what their futures are before signing on for something like that. For a player who has kind of dipped in production this year because of a back injury, like the physical there, that's really what's important. So no, I do not think the Carolina Panthers should be in on that deal. And if they do it, well, you know, that's the Carolina Panthers for you. All right, we'll take a quick pause, and we'll come back, and we'll look at the state of the Panthers' offensive line. Is it time to move Icky from left tackle? And if you do that, well, who's going to play left tackle? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports. 
music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get right back into it. The weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers as we head into this Thanksgiving holiday. Hope everyone is thankful out there. I'm thankful for you for listening and watching the show, even though the Panthers are bad. So thank you for all the folks out there who are hanging there with me and all the folks who aren't here right now that still listen to the show and watch the show. So thank you to all uh, out there, Locked on Panthers listeners and viewers, for your support uh, throughout the last couple of years. Now over to Alex, who asked the Panthers roster has a lot of holes that will need to be filled. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Is left tackle the most important one? Protecting Bryce has to be a key priority, and Icky would be better suited at left guard. Yes, 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 yes. The conversation that keeps on happening. Icky Aquanu should be a left guard. He can't play left tackle maybe 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 you're right guys maybe I don't know <laughs> we saw last year that Iki Kwanu out of the gates got off to a rough start not surprising Miles Garrett's very good and he was a rookie first couple games but after that Iki Kwanu was pretty solid wasn't giving up any sacks. Then when it mattered most, well, he gave up a sack against Tampa Bay. Sam Darnold butterfingers himself, fumbled the football away, and, well, there goes the season. And turns out Steve Wilkes' opportunity to be the head coach here in Carolina. Do you blame Mickey Aquano for Steve Wilkes not being the head coach? <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, but then the preseason happens, and we see a regression from Mickey Aquano. Same offensive line coach. You got Brady Christensen there with him. You're thinking, okay, things should be better. And even when you put Chandler Zavala in there, once he came off a pup when training camp started, you would feel like Icky should feel comfortable with the guys that are next to him. But for whatever reason, Icky Aquano has not played at a high level. And I have said this many times every time we have this conversation. Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN.com, he had Icky Aquano rated as his highest graded left guard heading into the 2022 draft. The Carolina Panthers drafted Ike Aquano when they had guys like Charles Cross on the board. I believe it was it. No, it wasn't Andrew Thomas. It was somebody. I can't remember. Maybe it was Andrew Thomas. They had every offensive lineman, every tackle on the board that they could have taken, and they decided that they wanted Ike Aquano there at six overall. And last year, it looked really good. This year, he's having a bad season. And just because Ike's having a bad season – does not mean that he has to move to a new position. 
Like, I don't, I just want people to understand that. Guys, people have down years. Businesses have good years. Then sometimes they have bad years. That's just how things work. It's not always consistent. It's not always great. So because he's having a bad year does not mean that he needs to move inside to guard. Now, maybe may he be better suited there? It's quite possible. But I just ask, like, what do they do then at left tackle? Okay, let's go out and find another left tackle because that's worked so great for the Carolina Panthers. Russell Kung, he was awesome. Dennis Daly, he was awesome. Um, Byron Bell, he was awesome. Marshall Newhouse, he was awesome. Nate Chandler, he was awesome. Matt Khalil, he was super good. Like, they have been through this. Offensive line is a developmental position. It's not just like that where a guy immediately is good. Now, Icky had his struggles last year, and then he was good the rest of the way. Then he kind of reverted back at the end, and then this year has been a struggle for the most part. I think he was fine on Sunday, and the last couple weeks has been kind of quiet for Icky Iquanu. Like, you got to let a player get through it. James Campen's got to do a better job with these guys. We know he's a good offensive line coach. We saw what he did last year, what he's done in the past in Green Bay. Like, he is a good offensive line coach. He's just got to get more of his guys, and his guys have to get need to be better and more consistent. So I'm not ready to move off Iki Iquanu. I think there was a larger question about what do the Panthers do with this offensive line going into the offseason, which when you look at it, Iki at left tackle, he's under contract. Brady Christensen, whenever he comes back at left guard, final year of his rookie deal, he's under contract. Bradley Bozeman, he's under contract with the out in his contract is really there after the 2024 season. Austin Corbett, there's an out in his contract, but there's a lot of dead money attached to it. He's under contract next year. And Taylor Moten, also, he has a lot of dead money where there's an out in his contract, but he's under contract again next season. You got Cade Mays, you got Chandler Zavala. The Panthers have a lot of offensive linemen that are under contract next season. And yeah, it's a tough sell for anybody to be like, okay, well, these guys are under contract next year. They had a rough year this year, why not give him another opportunity? And I totally get that because that's not what anyone anyone wants to hear. That's probably not the way the Carolina Panthers should go about it. But I have a hard time seeing a complete rebuild of this line because of the contract situations. Like Moten, it's like $24 million of dead money. The Panthers are already holding $57 million this year. They cannot be in another situation going to next season where it's a bunch of dead money. And if they do that, then they're just going to have to eat it. For a couple years, instead of putting themselves in a situation year after year where they have 50 plus million dollars of dead money. And that does not really coincide with having a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young and trying to build around him. Like it gets sticky. And this is why people look at the potential GM opening here in Carolina as not a very attractive opening. Because of the decisions that they have to make and not having a first-round pick in 2024 or very many picks at all next season and beyond to help build this roster. Because the Panthers desperately need young, cheap players who can come in and actually be contributors. And that has not been the case under Scott Fitter and under Matt Rule and now under Frank Reich. So when I look at the offensive line, I mean, Bozeman's probably the guy that you would move off of. I think it's about $4 million of dead money, $6 million freed up cap space if they get rid of him. Center's a position where the Carolina Panthers have tried with Elfline. They have tried with Bozeman, which worked out last year, has not worked out so well this year. They've also tried it with Matt Paradis in free agency. It's been since 2007 since they drafted a center. That was Ryan Khalil, who was an excellent player for the Panthers. It may be time 
maybe in the second round or the third round for the Carolina Panthers, go back and draft a center because that's just a position you don't see a ton of movement, especially from the top guys, just knowing how important it is with the relationship with the center and with the quarterback and when it comes to protections and communication on the offensive line. So with Icky, okay, you move him to left guard. Who's going to play left tackle? And then what happens with Brady Christensen, Austin Corbett, do you bring him back? And if he's probably one of your better offensive linemen, if he's healthy, when you want to see him through next year and when you restructure deals, kind of makes it hard to get rid of him because of the dead money. Like that's, there's a, a long conversation to be had about this. You go to my Twitter account, at Julian Council. I tweeted this out on Monday. I was talking about the State of Carolina Panthers offensive line on Bleacher Report, about a full 29-minute video. Go watch that because I have visuals breaking down the contracts. Had a big conversation with that. We'll have a big conversation about it moving forward. I just don't think it's as simple as, okay, move Icky to left guard because there's other dominoes and other pieces on the offensive line you got to figure out. And then, you know, who plays left guard? A position that the Panthers spent a decade trying to find someone. And it felt like they found it. And after one bad year, not even a full bad year, fans are like, screw it. Let's get somebody else, even though we've seen they've done a bad job. And that's, again, maybe a poor argument to say, hey, just because they have been able to find somebody else and Nikki is not working out, should be, it may not working out in your opinion does not mean they shouldn't try. Yes, but we've seen, man, it's not that simple. All right, uh, and from, to Jake now, he says, as an internal optimist, I can't help but draw parallels to the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars who were awfully coached by a rookie quarterback. New coach, new GM came in, and in 18 months, they have already been to the playoffs and are leading their division again this season. Am I just delusional of hope, or is that – is there, there, is there a similar light at the end of the tunnel? Well, you're a little delusional because Trent Baalke is still the GM, Jake. Uh, he was GM when they brought in Urban Meyer. Trent Baalke was with Jim Harbaugh uh, back in San Francisco when they went to multiple NFC title games and lost in the Super Bowl. And then after that, things kind of fell apart there uh, out in the Bay Area with Trent Baalke as the GM. And remember... Frank Reich was coaching Indianapolis Colts. They needed to get a win against the Jaguars in the final week of the season. And what happened? They ended up losing. Uh, and during that game, Jags fans were wearing clown masks because they wanted Trent Balky, the GM, out of the building. So far, Balky's actually done a pretty good job now that Doug Peterson, a real head coach, is in there. I don't really see the parallels. If anything, would have been last year would have been the parallel where, <laughs> I don't, well, I don't even know. The Panthers have an experienced head coach. You would have thought that experienced head coach, experienced coaching staff, rookie quarterback, that would all work out. And that's what the Jags did after they got rid of Urban Meyer and they kept Shrimp Balky. So I don't really see the parallels right now because it's completely the opposite. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, I'll take a quick pause, come back, answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Guys, Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, and man, there is so much basketball, the NBA, college basketball, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can get LeBron James of the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers, and Travis Kelsey, Mr. Taylor Swift himself, at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made. 
plus receptions. Sounds like easy money to me. Price picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types for what make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, a few more questions before we get out of here on Locked On Panthers. Uh, Let's get into it now with Noah. Noah and Rutger have similar questions, but they're asking a little bit differently. Uh, Noah says, how can we build a strong culture on defense like what we had from 2012 to 2016 with Luke, TD, Norman, Harper, Short, CJ? Obviously, they will look to fix the offense first, but if all of our resources go to that side of the ball, what happens on D? Averro will have an uphill battle of new additions, but will this free him up to find a better scheme fit? Well, that is uh, some confidence that Gerald Averro will still be here in Carolina uh, in all likelihood once they get rid of all the, at least Frank Reich. It's possible because he would still be under contract. We did see a similar situation play out in Indianapolis where Frank Reich left, where Gus Bradley, who was his DC, uh, stayed on with Shane Steichen as he was under contract. Jero Vera will be under contract here. It's hard to imagine that David Tepper would not want him to stay here with whoever the uh, new head coach will be. Now, Jero Vera could also be trying to get head coaching uh, jobs out there. Don't know how likely that is. Um, but if he does end up staying in Carolina, then, well, I mean, if, I feel like he'll probably end up staying just based off of Tepper. He's not, not going to want this guy out, out of here. And he's because he's probably paying him a pretty penny and wants to keep him here. Um, but there might be an opportunity for him to be a head coach elsewhere, or maybe he's able to get a deal. We'll see. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of more on the fence. I, I'm not going to say I'm confident about that. But as far as the defense, how do you build a strong defensive culture? Probably by not letting all your good young defensive players go. So Brian Burns, not trading him, that would help you establish that defensive culture. Derek Brown, paying him, that would help you establish it by keeping him here in-house. J.C. Horn, if he can stay healthy, feels like a guy that you can build around. Uh, Jeremy Chen, who's injured right now and who this coaching staff apparently does not seem to be uh, that fond of. Not letting him go. Like, that's how you do it. Like, Luke Keekley, they drafted him. Thomas Davis had all those knee surgeries. They stuck with him. They had drafted him. Um, Josh Norman, draft pick, who they developed. Roman Harper, free agent signing, KK Short, draft pick. Charles Johnson, draft pick. Like they drafted the guys, they kept them around. Now, things were different back then with Jerry Richardson, who was loyal, sometimes to a fault, uh, to these players, where he was going to take care of them. Okay, and it's honestly crazy that I even, I even have to say to a fault, because we, we know how some of those worked out, but still, it's crazy that a guy 
is like, okay, you know what? I drafted these players. They came in. They performed well. I'm going to reward them. That's what it's supposed to be. But a lot of teams and even fans have no interest in that because, like, oh, they're going to get paid too much. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if the player comes in and plays well, and they're, you're projecting also what they're going to do for you moving on forward, why wouldn't you take care of them? So the best way to establish that culture is to draft and develop guys, and when you do, you pay them. And they have guys in-house who they can build around. If there hadn't been a rash of injuries, I think we'd be talking about one of the better defenses in the NFL, especially when you've seen how guys like DiCaprio Boodle, Alex Cook, um, Kamugrie Hill have stepped up when called upon Echo Leota, it's still not the deepest group in the world, but they've played better post bye, especially considering how they were playing going into the bye. And you look at the excuses that they actually have compared to the offensive side of the ball here in Carolina. Like, I like Averro, and I like a lot of the guys here, and I would like to keep them around. So I think that's what helps. Uh, and we've seen the Panthers go all in on defense. That's what they did in 2020. Seven picks in the, in the draft, and when you look at the picks, who's the only one I think it's still here? I mean, Gross Modest is still here, um, but Derek Brown, first-round pick, is really the only one that's hit. Um, so, yeah, like they spent time doing that, trying to fix the defense. I understand why they did it. You saw so many guys that left, whether it was on their own accord, or the Panthers just weren't willing to keep them because they were aging players. You can't go all in on one position and all out on the other one. Uh, but over the Rucker who does have a question kind of about that as well. Do you think it would be a good idea to try to trade Brian Burns, Derek Brown, or J.C. Horn for a top-tier number one receiver with an expiring contract like A.T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, et cetera, and give them the deal they want? And would it be a wise idea to do so even if it means giving up some future draft capital to make that move to help Bryce Young? First and foremost, the Minnesota Vikings are not going to trade Justin Jefferson under no circumstance, unless he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I, they're not. I just don't see it happening, guys. Um, they just drafted uh, Justin uh, Jordan Addison as a first-rounder, so they have five years of cost control with him. Four after this year, he's been a good player for them. They can pay Justin Jefferson whatever the hell he wants, and it looks like they're going to go probably get a quarterback maybe. I don't really know what they want to do a quarterback, whether they want to bring back Kirk. Um if Josh Dobbs is the answer, they have they're gonna have enough room to keep Justin Jefferson. So I just don't think that's a possibility. Now T Higgins, that is one that is a possibility. Now the now the Cincinnati Bengals rather are about to be in a situation where Joe Burrow's out for the rest of the year. Still a good football team, tough tough division. Uh, the Browns they, they still found a way to beat Pittsburgh. Now Pittsburgh's offense has been a God, dumpster fire, which we all know about here in Carolina. They just fired Matt Canada. Uh, so the, they found a way to win the Browns. Uh, maybe the Bengals can find a way to win. We'll see. Uh, that's a possibility where maybe they kind of bottom out the rest of the year. And they're in a position where, okay, well, if Tegan's going to leave, maybe they can go draft Roma Dunze uh, and not have to worry about T. And then do they let T just go leave uh, in free agency for nothing? Or are they smart? Because they won't really be nothing. They'll probably get a third-round pick, uh, comp pick after that based off of what they do. Um, and free agency this spring. But if they decide that they want T. Higgins, want to keep him around, which that's what Joe Burrow was talking about. They, he wants to keep that core around. T. Higgins, they want to keep around Jamar Chase, of course. And he's someone who could be extension eligible. Uh, he is this offseason. The Panthers would probably have to give up cap draft capital in order to get him. So I don't know. And he continues to ask me, is it wise to do that, giving up more future draft capital to make that move to help Bryce Young? 
oh, this is why the Panthers are in such a big predicament because you want to give up. Do you want to give up potentially 25? Are you going to give the 2024 20, second round pick? And they don't have a second round pick in 2025. So they only have so many. They don't have I mean, They only have really this year. They have 20, they have second round pick here in 24 and the first round pick in 25. Like those are their like marquee picks that they have to use to potentially get somebody like that. Does it make sense to do that or to find someone in free agency that you don't have to give up compensation for or just draft another receiver in the second round and hope that it works out as we've seen so far. It has not worked out with Mingo. didn't work out with Terrace Marshall. It's a tough question, and it's something they're going to have to figure out themselves. I would love to get T. Higgins here. It's going to cost them. I just don't see why Cincinnati would let them go for nothing. Uh, they would get the comp pick back, but that would not be until 2025. Why not try and get something now to help replace him? Um and help to build around, build the rest of your roster as well. Especially if they're not going to be a playoff team. It's a tough question. Uh, final question here, Ryan asking, do you think there's a chance Panthers go after Young's former teammate, Jamison Williams, this offseason? May be able to acquire him pretty easily, especially considering he doesn't seem to be producing in Detroit. Also, do you think it would be a good idea? Would it be a good idea to get a player who's not producing in Detroit and bring him to Carolina where they have a bunch of players that aren't producing. Now, when you asked me this, I went up to look at his stats, and his stats are 10 receptions, 133 yards, two touchdowns this year in Detroit. He missed, like, basically all of last season because of the ACL Terry suffered in a national title game back in uh, the 2021 season. And then you also look at the first four games. I believe he was suspended because of gambling. And I was reading an article on ESPN.com by Eric Woodyard, who apparently covers the Detroit Lions, and he was saying that, Jamison Williams finally starting to feel part of the pride. So it looks like he's about to have an increased role in Detroit. And I don't know if they're ready to move off of him. But do the Panthers really need to do a reclamation project, that wide receiver, and give up more capital? No. they just If they're going to give up capital, give up capital for a proven player, not for a player who so far has been injured, has had some off-the-field jackassery. I don't even know if I can even say that. My bad. I've some, done some dumb things so far. Like, um... That's just, that's my question. So, I no, I just don't think that's really going to happen, and I don't really think that's something they need to go target. And just because he played with Bryce doesn't mean that that's who you need to go get. Just go get good players. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, uh, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will be back with you next Wednesday, answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in right now. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, have a happy Thanksgiving, and as always, keep pounding, and on Thanksgiving, I'm, not, I'm still working, y'all. Now I'm going to record the show before, of course, but I'm going to have a crossover Thursday with our friend over at Locked on Titans, whose name is escaping me right now, but we'll talk to him. On Crossover Thursday here on Thanksgiving on Lockdown Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.